Hello, hello. Welcome to the So So Scrutiny Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Maine, and I got my co-host over there, Corey Stocks. Likes to mox. <laughs> mox. It's okay. And I got a guest today, Daniel Feldman. I'm glad he's not related to John Feldman. That's not a rock. I know, but it's not. I tried, but I still made it funny. We talk about John Feldman on this podcast all the time. Uh, what's up, gentlemen? Thanks for being on, Daniel. Absolutely. Thank you. Looking guys very fashionable today. I love that hat. You always have the best hats. Thank you. My, um, my Stetson collection. <laughs> Sp- nice. Unofficial sponsor, Stetson. We'll get into some more unofficial sponsors. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a uh, new doc that's on uh, Netflix, The Social Dilemma. Um, it's all about social media and how it controls every aspect of my life, all of our lives. Um, we all did a scrutiny scale on that. And then... Um, we're going to talk uh, all Feldman, all about Feldman and his his uh, history growing up and where he is now and everything he loves about film. And we'll just dive into it. Um, Corey, how you doing, man? I'm great. Um, again, teaching, teaching, never, yeah, never online ending. teaching, just just seventh graders online. It's great. They're so kooky, but it's been fun. Built kind of a cool little community with them and um They've been they've been doing all their work, which is great. Like it's been the best turn in your work year I've ever had. Wow! So that's pretty awesome. Do you think it's because of the internet stuff, like not being in class? Yeah, maybe they're a little more like I'm at home. I have to focus on something. So this is what I'm going to do. My yeah. work. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, Daniel and I hung out on uh, Friday. Was that yesterday? No, two days ago. Um, we are working, well, he's producing, um, a new horror movie that's coming out. Uh, Daniel, tell us a little bit about that right off the bat. Like, uh, we'll get into like how you got in the film industry and all that stuff, but this is your new thing that you're starting to do. Uh, what, tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, it got, it got really weird and sketchy once, uh, COVID started and Hollywood kind of shut down. No one was making anything. Um, and, very luckily, um, a, a buddy Raj that I work with at BuzzFeed that you've worked with as well at BuzzFeed. Shout out um, to Raj. Yeah, we've worked on a bunch yeah. of stuff together, and he reached out to me, and they had written a uh, a feature. They both done a number of shorts. Um, he's writing and directing as well as a guy uh, Stephen James Thomas, who's also writing and directing. Um, and they made a bunch of awesome shorts, and were looking to write a feature. And they wrote something that had to do um, with the pandemic. And it was kind of about a guy that runs this motel who's uh, who's got this anxiety and um, and some some things going on that make it very difficult to deal with people during a pandemic when you're already a germaphobe you already have this anxiety. Um, it's kind of this really <laughs> yeah. cool thriller horror horror film. Um, and reached out to me to produce it and help them uh, get it made. And it's been. Uh, about three months of, of a couple drafts and putting stuff together. And now we're about two weeks out from uh, starting to film beginning of October. It's crazy, right? How, how quick it, it starts, it really how, how quick it, it, it comes the, uh, the first day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, on Friday we, um, went on a text out a tech scout to a couple of, a few motels and not the sketch, not the nicest neighborhoods, a little, little sketchy. <laughs> sure. Um, especially, especially we're going to be filming at night, but we'll have, we'll watch each other's backs. We'll get it done. But yeah, I'm really excited to be working on that. I like not only working on something for a long period of time and starting from the beginning end to the end, but also with people that I know and like working with, like sometimes I'm throwing on, throwing on things that I don't know on the set. And it's so hard to like, 
get those friendships going and stuff. Um, I'd like to mention, though, we are uh, Corey and I are both in the uh, So So Scrutiny studio today. Um, it's nice to be back in here, Corey. I love, yeah. I love being in here with you. Um, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> let's get into our unofficial sponsors um, today. Corey, what are you drinking over there? I am drinking Coffee Code. Woo. Um Little little coffee shop right down the street from it is our place. I know probably Daniel's had some really great coffee, but this is the best cup of coffee in Orange County. I I'll stand next to that. They're great. Wow, that's that's awesome. Well, you wouldn't say that. <laughs> I uh, is there a better place than Coffee Code? There's a lot of spots that Do are. Do I like need to take you outside and fight you right now? Maybe I'd rather not. not fight my co-host. All right, but when coffee, coffee Code's coffee. the best. Let's. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> drinking like a cinnamon, um, what is it? Cinnamon vanilla oat milk latte, which is pretty good. Very hipster of you. And yeah. then, uh, I'm also drinking a very hipster thing. It's a strawberry latte, and it's it's delicious. It's my new favorite drink from them. It's interesting. Are you drinking anything over there, Daniel? Uh, Diet Coke. Nice. nice. We don't like usually to shout out uh, corporate sponsors like that, but yeah. whatever. Shout, shout out, out to Diet Coke. Uh, my my caffeine comes from all Diet Coke. You got to get it from somewhere. Yeah. And Corey and I, I noticed we're both watch, wearing DOS bootleg shirts oh, yeah. today. I'm wearing my uh, Karen Pulp Fiction shirt or a Pulp Fiction, uh, Goodfellas, and he's I'm wearing, wearing his Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly sticking his face out Dodger shirt. It's so, such a cool shirt. Shout out to DOS bootleg. They're always a, yeah. a good shout out. All right. So. Let's get into it. Social Dilemma. Um, streaming on Netflix. Um, directed by Jeff Orlowski, I guess. Yeah, Orlowski. Um, basically, a lot of talking heads, which I usually don't like, like, but these were like the talking heads that you wanted to hear from. These are everybody that worked at like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and, and Reddit and all the uh, all the social media sites you can think of. These people have either worked at one or multiple of them, which was a crazy thing I, I, I learned in there. And then but also I liked that they had um like news footage and, but then also the narrative like storyline that kind of caught in where it was supposed to be able to like relate to the American family and how technology influences older people and younger people and, uh, all that stuff. Um, Corey, what are your uh, initial thoughts on it? What'd you, what'd you think of it? So I thought all of that was like really cool, but at times the, um, like the narrative piece kind of like threw me off a little bit. Cause I was like really into the talking heads and then it would like really just turn into like kind of a movie and it like at one point I'm like am I watching the same movie but I totally was um and my wife was was like but I like that it like it relates it to your average you know individual and um she really like extremes here and there but you get the idea that yeah these these like antidotes is that the right word no anecdotes anecdotes like of People with cell phones and kids and adults not knowing what's going on and to the extreme. Uh, Daniel, right off the bat, what'd you, what'd you think of it? Um, I was just, by the time it was over, I was just terrified. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there, that's there's, yeah. There's spoiler alert. You're going to be terrified by the end of this. Yeah, I mean, there's already and, been, and not and not in a, like a, a indie film horror in a motel right, kind of way. Right, yeah. It's like reality, it's different kind of fear. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I just there's already so much going on, like between COVID and I just, I keep getting more and more news about uh, where the planet is headed. And like now it's social media. And I'm just like, there is just nowhere safe. Everything seems to be on a decline. It's just yeah. like the, the kiss of fate that we're just, this is the end of the world coming. 
humans are doing it to themselves. Yeah. It's all it's all our fault. Yeah, that's that's really like I mean that's what I walked away with. I'm like we need to you know at least there were a handful of of uh, you know these employees that really felt like um, you know they were doing it for the right reasons and we were building this mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, use of technology to bring people together. And I just read today that uh, they came up with some medication for ALS through the ice bucket challenge that everyone had done. Yeah. So like there's all these miraculous things that happen when you connect people and it makes the world smaller in a good way. And, you know, we learn from different cultures and and things which are, um, you know, could have never happened without the internet. And then it just somehow the, the greedy power hungry hands get in there and it just becomes about like, how can we use people? How much money can I make? And it just, it all just very quickly goes downhill. And it was, it's just, a- it's all algorithms. Algorithms run, run our lives nowadays. Yeah. yeah and like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because we have so much to compete with, like in our, you know, daily, just like go abouts. Like we go outside, we, you know, we have our jobs, we have all that. But then like in our pocket is this supercomputer that's basically reading everything where that freaked me out. That was like, man, I know it was powerful, but I didn't know it was this powerful. I don't know about you guys, but I deleted Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit from my phone after watching that. I kept Instagram. <laughs> I got to keep Instagram for the podcast. We got to do something like that. But I, and I still have, I didn't delete my, my accounts. I just deleted the apps. They're just not on my phone anymore. Yeah. I mean, so. it, it, it's the other thing that they, I feel like they're kind of saying is, um, they built something that, that we're all relying on now. I mean, society to be able to keep up with everyone, uh, to build a business, to be able to market the same way other companies are, like you have to have a social media presence. They're necessary evils. Um, so you know, you immediately have that that instinct to just like delete Facebook and delete everything. And then it's like, well, we're producing a movie that I'm going to have to have access. <laughs> yeah. Use Facebook and Instagram and all of the in Twitter to you know. So it's like there's no you know. It's like telling you you're doomed, but there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's like trying to get around in LA without a car. Like, yeah, it's almost impossible. Yeah, good luck yeah. with transportation. And I mean, I think a lot of the message I got from it was like that. That part of it is really good. Like, you can use it to like build your business to reach out to people. But I think when it gets to the political sector is when it really Ooh, like it's scary. Yeah, because I I didn't think of it in the scale of like warfare. Like when war is happening, it influences like social media and like I, it was scary. It was scary to see all that, those images. I think another thing that helped was my I watched it with my grandmother, who's 82 years old. And, she, you know, she thinks she knows Facebook <laughs> and she thinks she knows social media. And, and she had no idea that, like, when you type into Google, that the search results are sometimes different than the other person down the street or right next to you. It's like, yeah, it's all for you. And it's that's really scary that they know all of this about you. Um, let's go through our scrutiny scale real quick. Um, thanks, Daniel, for uh, for doing it. Um, how'd you like doing the scale? It's still in beta testing. Yeah, I, I actually I used a variation of it to start writing reviews on Letterboxd. Hey, nice. There you go. Said, and, and I realized I, sh- I should have told you that. Yeah, it doesn't really fit perfectly with documentaries right. you know you kind of the acting category you kind of have to go with the people that they interview but um yeah, yeah that was cool. another part of it skylar uh gasando the main kid that does all of the the like uh you know the more movie type part of the doc yeah. yeah 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 like that kid everything he's been in he's just such 
a ridiculous clown. Like he's so good yeah. at playing like this ridiculous character. It was really hard to take him seriously. Yeah, <laughs> and like some of the more serious parts of the of the editorial stuff, but yeah, he's yeah. from Santa Santa Clarita Diet, right? Like he was the kid in that show. Did you ever see that? Uh, the one with I've heard, uh, I've heard good things about Drew Barrymore. The, yeah, wasn't he in that? I don't know. I only I only watched the first season. I watched it a long time ago. He was, yeah, he I'm has like up. the swoop. The yeah, hair, like he was the, in Bookstar. yeah. That was the last thing I saw him in. Yeah, um, he yeah. was so ridiculous. And uh, he was in the movie <laughs> Vacation. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's just he's so yeah, uh, yeah. Doing the scale, um, some of it you know pertain to to the more movie side of it as opposed to the documentary side. Right. Um, I feel like I've saw him in something recent. Oh, he's in that new binge movie. That's where I've seen him recently. You Does about he that ever one? age? Because like in vacation, he looks exactly like the <laughs> same as he looks now. Yeah, he's looked like, the same for like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say hold on. Just keep the swoop, and you'll uh, you, you know you, you'll stay you'll stay young. Um, uh, guess how old he is? I twenty eight. Daniel? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been acting for a long time. Yeah, twenty eight sounds. <laughs> yeah, right. the same thing. Twenty four. So you're, you're not. You're oh not wow, nice. you're not bad. Um, a lot younger. So yeah, let's go through the scrutiny scale. Um. The music was all right. It was it was it helped with the terrifying aspect of it. Like yeah. it was all just tones and scary music behind it, which didn't help these talking heads on, <laughs> on everything they know about us. Um, but I, I see that you uh, gave it kind of slow scores, Daniel. Twos and fours and threes. What for music? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, it wasn't like a it wasn't it wasn't John Williams back there. Yeah, but, it was yeah. kind of it reminds me of that scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's he does the score for all of her shows. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm doing anything difficult here. It's like I'm just hitting a keyboard yeah. and pulling up tones. So that was what it reminded me of. On the nose. The yeah. caption will say ominous notes right. plays. <laughs> uh what'd you give it? Corey? Mm, I gave it like I, I just thought it was like run of the mill, so I gave it all fours just across. Like that might be too high now that I'm looking at it, but it, it was just like run in the mill like whatever like here's what we're gonna throw under it yeah it, it felt like like you said almost like a um like a like one of those documentaries where just you keep the low yeah just the tone tone yeah, going just, you gotta keep it creepy uh yeah i gave it three four four or three four three yeah um I thought it looked good though with the cinematography i think the uh even the talking head parts it looked clean and then and then with the narrative storyline quote unquote like it, you could definitely distinguish the talking head stuff from the narrative thing, I think. Can uh, I just say there was a part that creeped the shit out of me with the with the uh, cinematography is when it, there's like a shot of him as like, I don't know, they're looking at him on like a computer and he's just like oh, turning. Right. Yeah. That crap creeped me out. It felt just like, like he was like a piece of meat. Yeah. Like Ugh. a meat house. A little meat puppet. Just yeah, yeah. and I like that. I liked at the beginning it was like a digital version of him, but mm-hmm. then by the end it was actually him in that room. Yeah, and I liked that they that was like a, a visualization of what is going on in those computers and those algorithms for the older generation to understand. I don't think they really can con like get the concepts of how a lot of this works unless they have these visuals and go, oh, okay, like the idea of this room with these three people that are you know, certain things that they're trying to get from us. And then there's billions of these rooms targeted towards each person. So 
I like that part. The level of population um, that's going on. Yeah, it's very yeah. very matrix at the end of like all the pods of everybody. Um uh writing I thought was great or the acting too like like the talking heads. I think they got the like the be- like really good people yeah. to interview. Um a lot of them were funny. Like the guy with the dreads. I forget what like what he was just like a writer. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. He was like the guy with the glasses. glasses. He was fun. Yeah. yeah. He was depressing, but he made it fun. <laughs> um so I gave I gave some pretty good scores on there and so did you Daniel, all right? Yeah. Um, what'd you think, Corey? Do you like all those people they got? Yeah, I um the I liked that there was there was kind of a stark realism to it rather than just like hopeful. Like a lot of times it's like, let's be super, super hopeful at the end, but they were like, Well, we're in we're in this right now. <laughs> um there is a way to turn it around, but like it's not likely unless we all make like this massive effort, which I think more documentaries need to be that way because no matter what comes out, what information comes out, we're still doing the same thing. Like, I mean, you talked about it earlier, Daniel, with like what's happening to the earth, what's happening like it, it just and it continues because we're not like listening to that. Not getting call. out of the loop. Yeah. Got to yeah, get yeah. out of that cycle. For sure. Um, uh, let's get just get to the over, overall scores. Um Daniel gave it a 76. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. If, if you like, that's like a, cause I know the fun thing about the scale, at least for me is like, I'll have like a gut feeling of what I feel like this doc is. And then I'll do the scale. And it's like, Oh, that's not the number I was thinking of, but the math says that that's my score. So would you say 76 is like a good score for you? From uh, like your gut? Yeah. Yeah. I think, so. yeah. I think it's a pretty solid, I would watch it again. Um, you know, I, I told a couple people to watch it. I even, it got me kind of fired up. I even like when they're like, Oh, follow us on our, <laughs> after this whole documentary about social media, they're like, follow us on our social media. Like just kidding. But here's the yeah. link to all of our social media. And I went on and I like, I wrote this like message to them where I was just like, if all you guys like have seen the bad of this and want to do good, like how about start a new Facebook, like Facebook squashed yeah. MySpace in no time, like make people pay $5 a month. Like they do for other services or, Heck yeah. you know, like there's, what happened? It's got to be free. Right. It's got to be, be every, all of these started out free. You right. can't, that's the first thing that's going to turn people off. For, at least for me, I don't want to pay money for social right. media. But then maybe that's like, good. Maybe so many people won't have to be on, you know, if it's not worth it. I feel like they've, peep, there have been a few that have tried um, here and there and they've, they've come here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they come to the wayside. Corey, what'd you give it? Uh, close. 83. Nice. Um, I would say, and like the the you know alarmist in me was like oh this is great because like I I really wanted to like see something like this that told people hey look when you're glued to your screen you're giving away not only information for like the people the the companies but you're also like this is all over the world I think my kids I'm not sure I don't remember how like there's a couple like cuss words in it and stuff like that like I want to recommend it to like my students but yeah. I'm like how do I do that without you know um, but I I would love for the youth to be able to see this stuff and start to make that change and I think it, for me it was more the emotional impact that really got me like I think if we all kind of subscribe to the idea that like there's something bigger going on then it, these types of documentaries are, will be more important, you know. For sure, yeah. And we we had just watched the uh, Tony Do- Tony 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 Tony, Doc. Doc. Tony Hawk documentary about um, 
his video game. What it was pretending to be pretending I'm Superman. Is that what yeah. It's called? And you know, going week back, uh, comparing the weeks, this one is like leagues leaps and bounds above quality over that one. Yeah. This is really highly produced. And, um, so I just wanted to make it cause I, you know, back, to, back to back weeks, we did docs and I just want to compare them a little bit. Not to say the Tony Hawk one isn't good. It's just this one. They had some extra money for some cameras and yeah, some lighting. Sure. Um, I gave it an 86. Um, I feel like that's pretty good. I, I, um, I really want to tell people about this and also show it like with people. I want to watch it with my parents and, sh- and like see their reactions and faces of like what they think of all this craziness. Um, Cool. Uh, we were going to do like our top three social media sites of like ever, but let's just, you know, each of us go around and, and maybe mention maybe one that isn't Facebook or Instagram or maybe something that from back in the day that we liked. Um, I know we just mentioned MySpace, so I'll just go off cause I'm sure that's on everyone's list. I loved MySpace. Um, especially the old days, you know, when they started updating it and you could, you had, you were able to customize it without HTML. Like that was, that's when they jumped the shark. You know, that was the good old days is when you had to figure out your HTML and try to get the song onto your page and all that stuff. Um, and it sucks that Facebook wiped it away. I really don't understand why it like went away so quickly. You know, does that make, do you guys feel the same way that it went away really quickly? Yeah, it was, it was pretty much like night and day, right? Like one day it's there and then boom, yeah. it was gone. Daniel, were you, you were, we'll get into your background, but you were, you know, doing, had a couple businesses and had probably some stuff on both sites. Like, do you remember it taking a long time? I feel like it was like within a year. Yeah, my speak was it like, it definitely gone. happened very quickly. Um, <clears throat> I, I just at the time felt like, um, my space was more of like this artsy, you know, it was where like bands were on there and creative people. And then like my brother who, uh, was in a fraternity was on Facebook and you're typing yeah. your friend's name and you could connect people. And on Facebook, everyone had like their own nickname and didn't use their own name. It had a top eight. It was like two totally different things. And I think Facebook was just the user experience of Facebook was just so much better and easier to use that people that, that were on MySpace started also having a Facebook and then everyone else was on Facebook. So I think it just like it, it, yeah. everyone kind of came to Facebook. I think it was just a user experience thing. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. And I was in the mid, like the midst of like one of my, my bands in San Diego, the greater Heights, when Facebook was starting, I had to start doing more Facebook social media stuff. And early on, when I tried to get on there, you, you couldn't put music on there. It was really hard to be a band on Facebook. It was really just driven for people. And I really hated that. And then after like a couple of years, then they started kind of bringing it in with like pages and stuff. But I remember really early on, it was just like, fuck this. I don't, MySpace is like, yeah, like you said, for creative people, it was, had the music and then you had art and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really missed that. our band had a pure volume account once we went to oh, yeah i wanted to mention that thank you i was because i i kind of counted that as a social media uh, site for like bands for sure. like i met so many bands and discovered so many bands on pure volume um yeah. any more guys what else what else you got i know myspace is like the old time yeah, the first thing that i was ever on was um there was something called bme zine which was uh like a body modification like it was when I was 16 and I thought tattoos were the coolest thing on earth. Yeah. And it was all people that had like, like I, I used to have like almost two inch plugs. Uh, oh, no. Wow. So you can't even. Tell. Yeah. Well, I got yeah. them sewn up. 
Oh, you got him. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. No buttholes for Daniel. So, yeah. It was all like people that were te- getting tattooed and piercings. It was yeah. all cool in whatever year that was. So that was like the first place I had a profile. It was just like a bunch of tattooed and pierced kids before then my huh. and then Facebook. I never That's heard of cool. that. One. What was it called again? Uh, BMEZine.com. I, I have no idea huh. if it could even still exist. It was. Yeah. That's crazy. Corey, do you have any? In fact, I just put oh. my gauges back in. I have like a uh, half inch, almost like the nine sixteen. He's the cool teacher. Um, yeah, but <laughs> well, I wear the like nude plugs so that they can't see him. But um, the uh, uh, what was mine? It was it was I was a huge artsy kid. I thought I was like emo artsy kid. So me- melodramatic. You remember me- melodramatic? You remember that? No, I don't remember that. You would. Either. It was essentially you created like a profile. Um, and it was pretty bare bones. So it was like, imagine MySpace, but with like no kind of like features on it, but you would go, you would go and you would comment on people's stuff and you would like do things like that and earn points and those points you could add features. So like a music player, you could add like a music player. You could add like, the more you're on it, the more stuff you could. Yeah. It's kind of a cool concept. I like that. But it was like positive like a lot of the moderation was like you got to keep it positive those kinds of things because it was like an emo kid site we're already sad enough like <laughs> no, don't make people sad, more sad you know what I mean right but it was really cool because there was that and then deviant art was my other thing like with like you could just host all your photos on there and I stuff remember like that, that. Yeah, yeah I remember that yeah. one um, I think the first social media thing I ever did, especially with my bands, was Yahoo Groups. Oh, that yeah. was like the first thing where you, that you could put music on there and you can make posts and you actually had a link you could send to people and stuff. But it was really like archaic back then. Like it was early social media. I never had a Friendster. Did you guys ever have a Friendster? Mm-mm. No. No, I never did that what one was, too. What's, what's Friendster? It was like MySpace, but it was more like blog oriented, I think. It was oh. more like like here's my diary yeah. and or is, I'm thinking of something else was there another one that was kind of like that that's what I always um, thought of Friendster Friendster was all like written yeah it was like Zanga yeah you wrote like big blogs yeah. and yeah I, ne- I never got into that yeah there was like Zanga Zanga was kind of a I liked a I liked blog. Tumblr for a while too yeah. and then Yahoo bought them and it all, they took all the porn off and it was not worth it I <laughs> know <laughs> nobody wanted <laughs> at least I didn't. Do guys, I don't do you, have it on my phone anymore. Did you guys ever make? I I know I did. Did you guys ever make like the the websites? Like you could make a website on like Angel Angel Fire or like uh, uh, yeah, oh, Geo Cities. Geo Cities. Yeah, that's what I was like. It's kind of like a city or something. Like the most primitive like experience ever oh, yeah. i remember we we would make sites making fun of other people like it was like this like ba- ongoing battle or um random pranksters yeah we had our group of friends in high school we were known as a random pranksters and we would go <laughs> prank like all we would prank each other's friends like all of ours but then we go prank like the really popular people and leave <laughs> no clue except for this website and we and people went around and, <laughs> but we didn't tell anybody it was us but then eventually the principal had to bring us in yeah. it's like what is this <laughs> I remember take the site that. down i remember but that we, and it wouldn't be like tping it wouldn't be like the normal like egging and stuff we would like during christmas when people would um <laughs> put their Christmas trees out on the curb when they were done with it, you know, on trying to pick up the trash next day, we would go and pick up like 10 of them and put them on someone's lawn. Oh my shit like, just shit like that. And then now they have to deal with it. Or like, and then we would call it something like, yeah. like we would put all the we trees there and we would call it like foresting somebody or like exactly. we did like, uh, 
There was one other one I really remember. We put like th- we made built this thing out of this like broken computer right. and some other parts, and there were a bunch of computer chips, and we just threw them all around the thing, and we called it the ultimate killing machine. <laughs> that it was, like was this great. Robot. Was that Austin Maddox's house? <laughs> Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it was. I yeah. got one time I got uh, like 10,000 envelopes all over my house. <laughs> I don't know where or who found 10,000 envelopes. And then another one that was really fucked up, but very creative. I gave him props. Someone found a bunch of puzzles, <laughs> but they were all like puzzles of like forests and valleys. So it was all green, like puzzle pieces and then threw them all in my lawn. Oh. So then I had to go in and like try to find these things were blending this in with my lawn. <laughs> so it sucked. But I was like, all right, well done though, guys. That's, that's pretty creative. But the funny thing is we do that to each other. And then yeah. we would post it on our site. And then yeah. it's like, what the hell? Do you have any good pranks like that growing up, Daniel? Uh, or get pranked at all like that? No. Nothing? No, no. You were a good kid. You had good friends. And so we, we were doing this crappy. without drugs or alcohol. Yeah. We were like all like straight edge kids back then, too. Yeah. <laughs> we were just stupid. <laughs> all right. Let's get into it. Enough reviewing. Uh, Daniel and I have known each other now, what, two years? Yeah, been yeah about two years. Uh, we started on a Fever 333 video, um, nice. which was, that was a really good video for you to start on. Uh, I I was I was talking with uh, DJ Bronner that, you know, some I get on some sets and it's kind of a really lame commercial or something stupid. And it's some of these PAs, it's like their first set. I'm like, oh, dude, that sucks. Like, this is your first set. That's, you know, it's kind of a bummer. It's nothing ex- like exciting at all. Uh, mine was like this big music video from Hailstorm. So I think yours was like we shut down a street and... Uh, did you did you know Fever at all? Did you know of that band? Uh, yeah, I knew of them through like social media. I'd seen some some videos that uh, DJ had already done that right. he had posted, and I knew like Travis was producing it, so it was mm-hmm. like on my social media feeds. Um, so I'd heard them. So we, we mentioned John Feldman earlier when I because I didn't know you before that, and I when I saw on the call sheet. Daniel Feldman. My first thought was, I know this band is produced and everything by John Feldman. I wonder if this Daniel guy is like John's nephew or second cousin or something. And he's getting nepotism no. being on the set. And no, it just turns out just, you know, small world. They guys have the same name. Yeah. I wish <laughs> um, my, my youngest yeah. brother's name is, is John also. So I was, oh. I was a little jealous of that. There you yeah. go. We we make fun of John Feldman. We do love him, but we just there's some albums that we we critique a little well, bit. Well, I actually b- is, before my band was a hardcore band, and then before that hardcore band added keyboards, we were a ska band for a long time. Oh so yeah, I, I was a big Goldfinger yeah. and big John Feldman fan, not only for his own music, but like all the bands. You know, they used all the bands that he was putting out and stuff. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's so many albums I grew up on that he produced. I'm like, oh, okay, I can't talk too much shit on this guy. Um, <laughs> great. Yeah. So that was your first time in the film industry, but let's go way back. Um, where are you from? Where, where are you born? Uh, I was born in Maryland, but we moved to uh, South Florida when I was four. So that's South Florida's is home for me. Okay. <clears throat> and then um, all through high school, you were there? Yeah. All through uh, college? Yeah. When, did, when did you... Because I know you spent some time in New York. Yeah, so, yeah, um, high school and everything was in in South Florida and Boca Raton, Florida. Um, Mm. And then I really wanted to get out to California as quickly as possible. And (laughs) um, Why is that? Like, what was wrong with Florida? uh, There was just nothing going on. 
And okay. Just wasn't your scene. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally, Boca Raton, Florida is like any movie you watch where someone's retiring somewhere, they go to Boca Raton, Florida. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it's just, it's all old people. It's, it's all, it's slow. It's, there's not a lot of stuff going on. You know, there was a really cool, um, like music scene, um, mm-hmm. which was, yeah, there's a few bands that have come out of there that we yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Which was something that I latched onto. I mean, newfound glories from South Florida, poison the well, we had, we had some, some cool bands. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, it, that was like the only, the only thing down there that I, I really was a fan of. And it seemed like yeah. everything was going on in, in New York and LA. And I just wanted to be around that stuff as quickly as possible. Okay. Well, let's, let's see your childhood a little bit. Um, were you already a big movie fan back then? Did you want to make movies? Did you make little movies with your friends or anything like that growing up? Yeah, I, I've always been a big movie nerd. I mean, more than anyone else in my friend circle, um, to the point that I didn't really have anyone else to even talk to about movies I was watching. Um, I, I think I probably picked up from my mom. My mom was a big movie fan. We used to go to movies all the time. Um, and I mean, once you start going to Blockbuster, I mean, I would just spend hours just walking up and down in, in the aisles of, of Blockbuster, um, discovering movies, um, you know, just buying things just totally based on a cool horror movie cover, um, <laughs> you know, things like that. So that was like, uh, that, trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, that, that was the beginning of, of that world for me. And like, yeah, we saw all the big movies, but, um, all the, all the indies, all the, the weirder stuff, the, anything I could discover. I mean, it was that way with music. It was that way with movies. You know, I always wanted to find the underdogs and, you know, find the cool stuff that no one had discovered and, just the opposite of all the old people. You're trying to just get to the other end of the spectrum yeah. of all of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, you mentioned you were in a band. Were you in bands in high school at all? Like um, when did you start doing that kind of stuff? Uh, when I turned uh, by 10, I was into like Green Day. And I mean, at 10 was when I, I started nice. seeing, you know, uh, Tarantino movies and started getting into music. And that was like where everything formed. Um, I grew up skateboarding. So like, I found Thrasher magazine and then I found Juxtapose magazine, which got me into all this art scene and uh, music and stuff. And that was like the only escape I had from this, like, you know, Boca Raton where nobody did anything that was cool. Um, yeah. So that kind of, you know, growing up in the, in the skate scene, growing up in kind of the art scene became music became, um, it was just, it was an outlet to all this stuff that I wanted to explore. Um, and cool. yeah, started a band when we were like 12 um, I wanted to play bass, but I only had a guitar. So I was literally playing bass lines in our garage band on a guitar. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Just on the E string. Yeah. Everything on the E yeah, string. Exactly. Um, like we played, uh, at my bar mitzvah, you know, when we were 13, nice. like we all got together nice. our band played. Um, so that, that just, be, I, I didn't really have a, an interest in music at the time. So one of my friends, I was the oldest of my brothers, so I didn't really have a lot of influence from like anyone older than me. But one of my right. best friends, older siblings, would like come back. We'd be hanging out. And they'd be like, "Oh, check out this new Nirvana record. Check out this new, you know, Stone Temple <laughs> Pilots." And that's how we like got into music, got into um, the idea of starting a band. And yeah. you know, I could have just as easily been a filmmaker or a painter. Or, you know, someone had come to me and been like, hey, check out this film. I'm a filmmaker. Like, that probably would have been what I was like, oh, something cool. And that would have been the end of it. But it just happened to be music. And the rest of my teenage years were just starting a band, being in a band, um, 
band practice every how many band and how many bands were you in how many bands were you in uh it was one it was basically three of us that like members would come and go and gotcha. we started like we a three person like green day <laughs> wannabe band and then yeah. we got a little older and we added horns and we it became like a ska band and nice. then the horns left and our, our drummer got arrested and it became like more <laughs> of a a four person like punk band and then that was in 2003 so when we graduated high school we played work tour that summer Nice. Oh, awesome. All of it? Uh, we played, uh, it started in, uh, we played three dates in California and then Atlanta down Florida up to New Jersey. So like three dates wow. in California and the, the very end of the tour. How did you get that? Uh, just sending stuff to a lot of people, talking to everyone we knew. What, that what, stage, some what stage did you play? The Ernie Ball, the Kevin Says nice. stage, which was like the local, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was able to play the uh, Kevin Said stage uh, once. Yeah, I, I only did. I only played War Tour once. Time, did you ever play a Corey? Uh, no, we did not. Oh, sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but by the time um, it came around, by the time we graduated high school, we were like one of the five or six bands from South Florida that um, the, the we were kind of like go go to bands for the promoter whenever like Armor Sleep yeah. or Census Fail or someone would come to town. That's how you do and, it. Yeah, they would throw a local on like uh, you know whatever three bands were coming to town. So. Sell sell two hundred tickets and you can yeah, play. Exactly. What, <laughs> what was the name of the band? What, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say it what's the name? Will tell. Um, it's like a I don't huh. I don't know what you'll be able to find out there, but um, are, it, are you guys on iTunes? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I think okay. I think we're the only ones that have music. Big, my yeah, music, it's my probably like before. Yeah, my music's not on on iTunes. Yeah, this was uh, great. Cool. Nice. So yeah, that you know I think. Uh, at least for me going into the film industry, being in a band really helped me in a weird way, get like be ready to be on set. It's not the same thing, but just having that production mindset of like, we need to do this. What do we need to do to accomplish it? Uh, this doesn't work. So let's figure out something else. And I don't know. Do you feel that same way? Daniel? Yeah. It's just carny vibes. Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Around, everyone's got a job. Up and tearing down, and you know, doing stuff with a group of people in different places all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did you go to college? Yeah. So after we 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 were able to convince our parents basically to let us take a year off <laughs> so we could go and work tour, and we were going to tour. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, we were going to be huge rock stars. We were going to be on tour with Newfound Glory, um, and that lasted about a year until. You know, one guy would come to practice and, and go, my parents are really like not happy about this. Like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to pull this off. And then it was like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm signed up to go to school uh, next semester. You know, and that thing started happening where people started like yeah. leaving. And yep. it got to a point where it was just like, OK, it, it seemed like the universe was giving me a sign. That, like, OK, it's time to you know move on to the next phase. Yeah. And uh, I ended up going to Full Sail in Orlando for uh, audio engineering and entertainment business. Nice. Uh, yeah. With a, pa- a plan of basically recording bands and working in a studio. And I did, I did the same thing. Yeah, that was <laughs> that, that was the goal. And I, I, I even considered going to full sale. Uh, I went to golden West college in Heinz and uh-huh. just like right down the street. And it was, it was a good school, but I saw f- cause full sale was like kind of new. And what year did you go there? Uh, 2004 to 2006. They were, they were kind of new then, yeah. right? They yeah, just, it was, yeah. school and it was in Florida. Uh, 
uh, right. So. We, have, we have a few, we have a few film friends that, that, have, uh, that went there, uh, and, and someone that's been on the podcast, uh, Justin Morrow, yeah, yeah. uh, he went to full sale and, um, yeah, and I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, so after, so you're, you, how many years were you there? Uh, I was there almost three years. I mean, it's like a year mm-hmm. program and then I, right. did, I stayed to get a bachelor's, which was another year for entertainment business. So, gotcha. Yeah. So you're out of college. What's the next move? Uh, so, um, I moved to New York, um, and basically, I mean, again, just to get out of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I started interviewing everywhere that I possibly could and sending resumes. And I ended up at a place called the agency group, which was a booking agency uh, that booked a bunch of bands that I loved. Oh yeah. Um, Is that a uh, Dave Shapiro? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude. He worked. At Dave Shapiro doesn't know me, but I know Dave Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, I started as like a unpaid intern and after a couple months, a job opening opened up and all the interns went for it and I got it and I became an assistant to one of the agents there, um, who booked absolutely no bands that I liked. <laughs> um, I, was, I, was, I was thinking you were going to say the just opposite because no. they have some they have some pretty good bands on their roster. Though. Oh yeah, I wish. I mean, those were yeah. like the, the three guys in the office um, that like Nick Storch, Justin Justin Bridgewater, uh, some of those dudes that booked like a lot of the up and coming like um, Every Time I Die. And I mean, they just had amazing rosters. Those like, they remember right Pierce the Veil and yeah, all those yeah. bands too. Those are yeah. the guys I would hang out with in the office, and then I go back to my desk yeah. and I'd be booking like fish cover bands and like just oh boy yeah stuff that was not not that i was not a fan of fish cover bands yeah. that's interesting wow yeah, the closest that's... band on my roster that i was a fan of was the pie tasters which was the ska band from a long time ago um, right on. So no one on the <laughs> roster that i was stoked to be working with or anything like so mm-hmm. i was there for about a year and after getting my degree not working at a recording studio and not being in a band anymore so i wasn't playing music um, I was like, this is not, this is, did not go as planned. Like, this is not what I want to be doing. And I kind of, I took it as a, as a, a, a chance to kind of reassess and go, what do I, you know, I'm still young. What do I really want to be doing? Do I want to be in music if I can't be in a band? Um, and one other thing that I had wanted to do for a long time was start a clothing brand. Um, I had done all the merch for our band. And at that time, a lot of, um, you know, the boots at Warp Tour were starting to be like clothing brands and everyone was starting these like graphic, um, what felt like more, uh, like music related versions of like streetwear companies kind of. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I started taking classes at a fashion school in New York, trying to learn how to physically make clothes and, I wasn't really working toward a degree. I was just like taking classes to learn. And right around the same time, a a bunch of things happened. Um, My grandma passed away and left me about $10,000. Well, that's nice. Thanks grandma. Yeah. And I got fired from the agency group for for pretty much just not doing my job. Um, I was just (laughs) so miserable there that like I was really doing the bare minimum. And I think it started to show in his office and he's like, you know, it, it was kind of like a, Hey, you got to go. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I, I took this like convalescence of things happening as a sign. That, like it was time to take this money that I had, take this education that I had been getting and, and start something. And I ended up starting a clothing company, um, very small with t-shirts on um, stuff like that. It was called Feltrager, which is actually our family's last name 
um, before my family came through Ellis Island to Burke. Our, our Russian last name was Feltrager, which became Americanized to Feldman. Um, okay. <laughs> so the brand name was called Feltrager and it was all American made. It was all menswear stuff. Um, all like, you know, denim, um, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Some, it's some cool stuff. I've, yeah. I've, I've seen your po- old posts and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah, all that really stuff. Cool. So we started building a brand and my brother moved up, who's a photographer and we like built the company together, opened a store in Brooklyn. And that's, that took up like eight, almost 10 years of my life. That was what I was doing for most of my twenties and early thirties. That's a, I mean, that's an education in itself. Uh, yeah. Like you were teaching awesome. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. And, and I know, I know a lot of probably bands and people in bands start clothing companies because you have to kind of start one in a band. Yeah. Like you have your own clothing company. So it's, it's a thing you learned just by being in a band, you know, on this, on the side. Yeah. Um, so, um, did you sponsor any bands? No, we were more of like a, a like, um, Americana, like menswear. I was trying to be more in a fashion lane than like a, got it. Um, gotcha. yeah, like a streetwear lane. Yeah. That could kind of pigeonhole you in some stuff. Yeah. And, I was, I was trying yeah, to be a serious designer, you know, not boy, not a boy clothing line, a men's. Right, clothing exactly. line. Um, so eight, 10 years. Um, so, um, the clothing company is no more, I'm guessing. So, uh, what, why'd you close up shop? Yeah. So we moved to, I moved out to LA um, mm-hmm. when we had our store in New York, my brother who was doing marketing, his wife was running our retail store. I moved up to, uh, LA because everything was American made. There's so many factories here. There's some more manufacturing in LA than there was in New York. Um, we would go yeah. back to do like a, a new run the next year of the same clothes. And like our factory would be closed or their rent was hiked. So it was costing us more money. So that's what brought me to LA in the first place. And okay. we started kind of building the brand here and it, we had some internal issues between like having being spread across, uh, you know, the country and, uh, we started getting into some stores in LA and it got to a point that like, it felt like we were kind of beating a dead horse, um, Mm. trying to like keep this thing growing. And, um, we kind of had a a mutual come to Jesus moment where we're like, Hey, we've been doing this for a while. You know, we've, we've grown a lot. Like maybe it's time to move on to something else. And, and, yeah, that's a, that's a good chunk of time yeah. though, man. That's not like yeah. you were open shop for a year and then you went yeah. bankrupt. You, yeah, you had a good a long chunk time. of time. Yeah, yeah. It was a while. We moved stores from, um, from the Lower East Side in New York to Brooklyn. Um, and we were about to open the store in LA and it was like really, I mean, this was the end of 20, uh, 2017. And it was like, mm. we're either going to do this forever and we're going to like open another retail store and this is going to be what we do. Or like, it was like our last chance to like, you know, pump the brakes and move on to something else. And that's what we decided yeah. to do. That's mm-hmm. smart. Okay. So, uh, how quickly did you get into film? Uh, like right after that, no, still have one more oh. stop. Oh, one more stop. Here we yeah. go. So, yes. that's a lot, a lot. He's a busy guy. I knew he had a, he's a busy dude. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. So that was the end of 2017, December of 2017. Mm-hmm. I took the holidays right. again to like, okay, you know, reassessed yeah. here. Um, and I kind of, I had been feeling for a while, um, the sense of like, it's time to grow up. I mean, I, I had gotten married, um, two years prior, we had been talking about having kids We're you know, I'm like, okay, I'm in my thirties now I'm married. I got to be an abandoned tour for a long time. I got to run a clothing company for years. Like it's time to be an adult and go get a job. That's going to make me a bunch of money. And you know, let's, let's, let's stop with the childish stuff. And, uh, I went and got my real estate license and I started learning how to options trade 
and really like started putting on button down shirts and, and, you know, being an adult. And I did that for the majority of 2018 and just too many therapy sessions sitting on the couch going, you know, is it, should I follow my heart or should I follow my head? Like, is it more important to go out and make money or to do something I love, you know? And, and a, a year of really trying to force myself to do something that I knew wasn't right. I got to the end of, of 2018. It was like November and I was driving home. I had just picked up a pizza and <clears throat> I'm driving, bringing the pizza home to my wife and I drive by a set and a bunch of people mm-hmm. are on the corner of the street in Reseda. There's trucks and lights everywhere and people running around with walkies and I'm sitting at the light just watching this happen. And it almost like, it hit me like an epiphany, like how have I never, why was this not something that I was more directed toward earlier in my life? Like, what am I doing? And I, I just watched them and I got home and I put the pizza down and I tell my wife, I'm like, I should be making movies. Like I, I've been <laughs> such a film nerd. I mean, I'm the person everyone in my family calls when like, Hey, what should we watch? What's cool? What's new? Yep, same you know, every yeah. 24 movie, every, movie, every <laughs> hell yeah. You know, I grew up on nineties Miramax, like all those writer directors, all these auteur, you know, um, yeah. and, it, and something hit me where I was like, you can't go and force yourself to do something you don't want to do. Oh, you know, yeah. you've done the clothing thing. You got to spend time in music and I'm so grateful I did those things, but they're not things that I want to go back to. Um, they've changed so much since Instagram and the internet was born. That, like, Amen. And, preach. You're saying everything I'm yeah, thinking about it. Totally, yeah. Keep saying it's it. all a totally different world that like in my thirties, yep. I'm not up for anymore. Nope. Um, but, but <laughs> writing is something I always wanted to do and making films, yeah. whether I'm producing other people's and bringing stories that I love, um, you know, to, to, to the screen or writing and making my own stuff. So DJ from Tough, Tough Contender was the only person I knew in LA that had anything to do with film. We were, how, okay. We, how, how, let's step back a little bit. How did you meet yeah, DJ? We were motorcycle buddies. Oh, okay. So that makes yeah, sense. That's awesome. Yeah. When I had the clothing company, uh, the guy that used to do our graphic design and was chain stitching mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff for us was, was motorcycle buddies with DJ. And we went to this motorcycle event and he introduced me to DJ and we went and like had lunch and it turned out we were into like all the same shit. We'd grown up on the same music. Mm-hmm. We were both yeah. in bands. We were, you know, like, you know, it was like we, by the time lunch was over, we're like, did we just become best friends? You know, like <laughs> yeah. just all, all these things in common. And, well, well, and that uh, probably, I hit him up. I, Oh, I could probably, I could see how that was probably like another one of the callings for yeah. you. Like, oh my gosh, I knew this guy. I was connected. And, with and him I didn't enough. understand at all, like how films got made or what producing was or a production yeah. company. I knew that he had a production company and he was working with all these rad bands and, and doing all this cool stuff. But I always thought of it from like the music side. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I texted him and I was like, what do I need to do to get on set? And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah. I was like, I, I want to come in, like, I'll work for free. Like, I, I don't understand any of it or know any of it. Like, how can I help? How can I, you know, what can I do? And basically he said, we have this fever video coming up in January, whatever it was, January 19th. And uh, he goes, you can be a director's assistant. Like, you can be a, 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 a not an AD, not an assistant mm-hmm. director, but a, he's like, you can be my assistant. Like, basically he handed me a walkie-talkie and was like, when I run, you run. And I was like, okay. And I yep. followed him around for the day and I held his monitor and I watched how he interacted with people. And I met Robert and all the other PAs and watched what they were doing. And they'd say, go grab a stinger. And I'd go, what the hell's a stinger? Go grab an <laughs> Apple box. What the hell's an Apple box? 
and um and like saw how z was the ad on that and watched great them. that's a great first AD yeah, to be um, on your first set um, yeah. watched him on the microphone like direct everyone in this fake protest onto uh city hall in la i was just like this is i mean it was like unbelievable it was like getting a peek behind the curtain and yeah by the end of that day i was like this is what I need to be doing. Like, Sold. Oh, yeah. Like I said before, you, everything you said, was the same for me. I did the bands and I'm so grateful that I did that. I had a great time and I'm sad it's, it, it ended, but, and then I, I was already doing videos in my band, you know, doing little blogs here and there. So I was ready, not knowing that I was going to start doing video. I was already doing video. And then the band ended and I had a camera lying around and I started making little videos for family members and stuff. And yeah. And then DJ hit me up. I wasn't even looking to be a PA. He just knew I was doing videos and he's like, Hey, come and be on this, on this uh, set. And I did the same thing you did, man. I walked on. I was like, this is it. This is where I was. This is where I'm supposed to be. It just like, it was like a wave. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm going to do from now on. And yeah, it's just, it's a great feeling. That's why I want like these, like I was saying, the PAs that have these little shitty sets, they, they don't get that feeling. But when you see the big lights and the big trucks and the actors and, and then when you get to work with like bands that you've listened to growing up and then like actors like, oh shit, he's from that. And I get to talk to him for like a little bit. Yeah. So I totally get that. You got the bug. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you're you're hanging out with uh, it was that was Anthem back then though, wasn't no, it? No, it, wasn't it, was, tough yeah, it was already tough contender. Oh, was it? Okay, um, early days. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, that's your first experience. What's like? Uh, so, where, where do you go from there? Because like, I wanted for this podcast, I want to have this to be an educational thing for for new PAs. Like, I'm a lot of new people, just like you. Like, how do I get in? How do I get on a set? I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, yeah. I want to know how to get on like the like a Quentin Tarantino movie or always sunny in Philadelphia. Like I'll be an intern. I'll fucking pay them to be on those sets. And it's so hard. And it's, I think it's a lot about who, you know, I mean, you go to a lot of these people go to film school and that's a good education. Then you come out and usually these schools help you get into the industry. And that's how, like, that's who, you know, but for us, you know, we went to audio school and we had to go in kind of cold. So, um, so what was your next move? Um, I mean, being older, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely weird being 34 and being on a film set with yeah. a bunch of kids that like just graduated full sale. Um, it's very, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, continue, sorry. I think of the word. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, for me, like I knew if I was going to make a life in film, I had to learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And mm-hmm. I had to be able to make some income doing it. Um, you know, I, I, I had some savings from previous jobs and stuff like that, but I wasn't trying to like, you know, work for free forever. Yeah. Were you, were you surprised of that? Cause for me, I thought, you know, I'm new. I didn't go to school. I'm gonna have to intern for like a year. Like I'm thinking a year, I'm not gonna get paid for doing anything. I, right away. I was getting paid. I hardly in, had to do any free sets at all. Yeah. I mean, same um, with me. The, the, the second job that I was on was another tough, uh, video, um, and, uh, Evan, uh, McGillery was the first, it was the, uh, producer on it. Right. And I, that was, so I, that was my second video I'd ever been on. I did it for free and I'm talking to the other PA and she said something about how much she's getting paid to like the producer. And I was like, how long were you working before you started getting paid? And she's like, uh, she's like, I don't know, like not very long. I was like, yeah, this is my second video. I'm not getting paid yet. She's like, oh, you should. And I was like, really? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you shouldn't work for free. Like, even though you're learning and like, you're still out here for 12 hours plus, 
you know, scraping all the fake snow they put on a window, you know, you're still <laughs> working all day. Like you should still get paid. Like talk to Evan. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And after that, like I had the confidence to not expect to work for free anymore. So then I would start right. asking for rate and no one was ever like, Oh, you're new. You don't get a rate. They were just like, Oh, it's paying 212 or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, like, it's not much. It's not a lot of money, but it's more money than I ever got paid playing music. I mean, yeah. I never, I mean, all the money I ever made on music went right back into the band. Right. Right yeah. in my pocket. And coming from like, you know, going and door knocking as a real estate agent, wearing a button down, like, you know, I have to cover up my tattoos cause I used to be in a band to like, you're going to pay me 200 bucks to like hang out and make music videos with you guys. Like and wear whatever I want. Yeah, I was totally down to, to do that. Right. Um, so yeah, the, after I did two free gigs and after that I started getting paid. That's good. And, yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I, not to say I didn't do anything for things for free. I have mostly for DJ, like that fever video. I don't think I got paid for it. It was more of a favor and I knew it was a low budget and I liked fever. Let's, I wanted to work on a music video of a band I like. Um, but yeah, every once in a while you do have to, you know, some friends are doing a short film. Hey, you're not getting paid, yeah. you know, go, go do something for free. Um, so yeah, you get starting to get paid. Um, I know you have a connection with tough. Do you start reaching out to other production companies? What, what's your next move after that? Yeah, get I mean, a little comfortable. Still like the only people that I knew in film were DJ and, and anyone that was on a set from the two shows that I've been yeah. on. So yeah. I, I mean, I tried to bro down with everyone as much as possible. I tried to use the fact that I was older to kind of chart moving your way. You know, like yeah. we'll disarm people a little bit to like, um, instead of being like a pesky little kid that just graduated school going, Hey, what's that? What's that? Yeah. I was like, Hey, sorry. You know, like a 34 year old is coming over to you and being like, sorry, I've only been on a couple of film sets. Like, what's this, what's that? And you know, I would, I would use my inexperience and my lack of knowledge to give me an excuse to talk to people I had no business talking to. Um, That's big. and then if, if they were like, you know, looked at me like I was an idiot, I'd be like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I had never been on set before. So then I could go up yeah. to the DP after they cut and they're waiting for, you know, for a new sh uh, shot to be set up and it'd be like, Hey, what's, what's this? What's that? What camera are you using? Why are you shooting this? Who's in charge of the lights? Who's, you know, and then I, I would just, you know, if they looked at me weird, then, you know, I would either know to leave them alone or I'd be like, sorry, it's my second time on set. And they'd be like, Oh, cool. But everyone I talked to was rad. Excuse yeah. to talk to everyone. I would go up and talk to the scripty and be like, sorry, I've been staring at you, but like, what are you doing over here? What does this thing do? What's the screen? What are you taking screenshots for? And then I had that relationship. And then, you know, so by the time I left, even if I was on set for a day, I, I met five new people. So then I would reach yeah, out yeah. to those five people, you know, Hey, it was really nice working with you. Thank you so much for taking time to like, you know, sorry if I was annoying, haha, ha, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, I'm trying to get on set as much as possible. If there's any other shows coming up that need a hand, like even if as the scripty, you know, I, there's any way I can help you out. Um, and the next job that, that's how you do it. Yeah. Man. The next job that I got was from, you know, one of the first ADs that was on one of the last two shows. And then, uh, one of the other girls that was an assistant made a short film and she needed a PA that was willing to work for free. And I was like, I get to work on a short film instead of a music video. So I jumped at that. I did that for two days. Then I met the actor from that show who had just written a movie of her own. And she, you know, it was, it's literally like, I would just go around yeah, and be like, works. sorry, I'm new. I'm an idiot. Here's an excuse for me to talk to you. Follow up with everyone. Yeah. If I didn't hear back from someone or I didn't work for a week or two, I would go back through my list of, you know, people I had met. I mean, they give you a call sheet. You have everyone, email, yeah. you know, so I would kind of play. Dumb. Most of the time. Yeah. It has numbers and emails yeah. on it. Crazy. It's, it's the only ones I, I see like the move, like features movies that right. I usually don't have. Yeah. I mean, I'm not calling like there, a list. Yeah, TV shows. Like, yeah. yeah. The only thing, yeah. The only thing I'd added that it's that's, that's perfect. Daniel, like 
I would say like 95, 99% of the time when you walk up to somebody that's higher on you at set and you have a legitimate question and you're curious, that's the big word, curious. They're, they are so op- like open yeah. to like show you or tell you because that's how they learned. They did the exact same thing with somebody that they were starting out and they're like, oh shit, I get to do this now. Just someone coming up too. So, yeah. but you know, there are some people on there, especially DPs that are like, get the fuck away from me. I'm, yeah, I'm working right. and I don't have time to like teach you stuff. And I think my little saying to myself is squeaky wheel gets the oil, but if you're too squeaky, they're going to replace the entire wheel. So you want to be curious and ask questions, but you don't want to get in the way. You don't want to be annoying because then they'll just replace you with another PA because there's plenty of them out there yeah. Yeah. Um, gotta, on Facebook. You got so. to pay attention and know when is an appropriate time to talk to people and you know, not take up yeah. people's lunchtime and stuff like that. But I mean, if you don't look sit. at, I've only been on one show as an excuse that you don't know anyone, you can go that yeah. route or you can look at the one show you've been on as 20 new people that you've just met that can connect you with other people and other jobs. And it's, it's, I think it's kind of the benefit of being a PA that you are allowed, you're supposed to go through all the departments. You know, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean PAs. Don't be sitting, don't be caught on your phone. There are times for that, but you have to make time for that. But there's, there's trash to be picked up. There's water bottles to be picked up. There's waters to be handed out. And especially with the waters handed out, that's my kind of way of meeting people yep. like they love getting water because they're too busy and they're like hey who are you by the way on oh, pa you know if you need anything just let me know and that's how i treat it well and then valuing that position with like and doing it the best the, the best you can like and not just being like well this is just a pa job or whatever it reminds me a lot of teaching like when i was te- when i started and i was a student teacher and i wasn't getting paid at all and i was doing you know that type of thing I had to go talk to people as well and network and like it's just that that's the way that you really get in and then I finally got my job and been working for like six years now and it's it's the same thing like you talk to different people that do different jobs and um, the word and, I was trying to think know. of, by the way, with the P, being a PA, especially in, someone in, in, in your 30s like ourselves, Daniel, you got to be humble. Yeah, yeah. For You're sure. gonna be treated like shit, and you can't take it personally. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. you know I worked with uh, yeah. Sam Shapson was one of the first ads I worked with a bunch, and you know we were on this horror movie at night. It was freezing cold. Um, you know everyone's trying to like stay in the zone because you're doing overnight, so you're working six p.m. to six a.m. Everyone's exhausted, and I was trying to help Sam out by making sure I was bringing him coffee on a regular basis when he's stuck on set and he's freezing. Big move. And Big yeah, move. so that that's you know when you're like in the zone and you're like frustrated, you're whatever, and someone comes up to you and gives you a cup of coffee, you're like, oh shit, thanks. Like you're gonna remember that person. You know, yeah. he give me his old cup back, and I went to throw it away. And someone on set, one of the other PAs, was like, hey, you don't have to like take their garbage and throw it away. And I was like, yep. yeah, I know I don't, but I haven't seen that PA again on set, and I've worked with Sam Shapson a whole bunch of times. So there it is. You know, I could have yeah. been like, I'm 30, I'm not gonna take your garbage, or I can be like, hey, I'm a team player. We're making a film. I'm trying to help you out and take things off your mind. Like, you know, if you're that this is why I love Daniel Feldman. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, I, lo- I love it. That would be, I would definitely hire that person back if they were willing to go that like little extra distance to like Huge. make things easier for the team. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. So being humble, I think that's a, mm. a big thing, especially when you're older, because yeah. <laughs> you got to there's some things that you don't feel like, oh, this is this should be for the intern. But it's like, yeah, this is a team effort, man. Like we got something to get done in 12 hours. Yeah. And I don't want to be the one to hold it up. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people 
Uh, did you did you guys did you guys follow The Rock on Instagram? I do. Did you see that? So he's filming this new movie, like I think it's called Red Notice on Netflix, and they're filming it down in Atlanta, and they had a big. Uh, storm and knocked the power out and he couldn't get out of his house like the gate wouldn't open the hydraulics <laughs> the motherfucker ripped the gate out of the driveway <laughs> with his like bare hands and threw it on the grass because and then the post he's like because I knew there were hundreds of people on set waiting for me to work and he's like I'm a team player I gotta be there yeah. and he, I mean what's a couple hundred like probably a thousand dollars to fix it to the rock like whatever it's a good story though like if you go on his Instagram there's some good uh, uh, videos that's and stuff. hilarious um, cool. So, um, how long were you, were you a PA and until you like got the next, well, one thing I actually wanted to bring up, um, was with the, like the team playing. Um, I, I, I feel like sets are very like militarized. There are ranks. And if you were a private in the, in the army, you don't go to the general and bitch and say this and stuff like that. Know your place on yeah. set. I think that's one big thing, especially on a PA. Like you are on the very bottom, but you are crucial. Without you, that some of those sets don't work. So, do you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh, yeah. So your PA. Um, what's the next? What's the next bump? You get like producing. You got. Did you go first AD? What was like the next movie? That was also like, part bump? of my curiosity as, as I was PA, like I had literally not been on a set, you know, before three months prior. So I didn't yeah. even, I didn't know what my goal was yet. I didn't know what I was working toward. I same, didn't know, same here, you know yeah. what anybody did. Um, so part of my like asking people questions was genuinely like me trying to figure out what direction I wanted to move. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, the next thing that I kind of guess is a pretty natural step is starting to second AD. Um, mm-hmm. So I, from PAing, I you know became P, uh, key PA on a couple sets for like some of the ADs. Yeah, I guess, I I guess that's the next move, the key PA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, being able to help run a team of PAs step, and stuff. But it's a step. <laughs> right. Um, and, yeah. and then yeah, and then I got on. I was asked to basically. Uh, be a PA on a feature that then became a second AD gig. Um, yeah. And I was like, Oh, I kind of like this. I am not, you know, I don't have to like run around and do some of the stuff that I typically have to do as a PA. And I was making call sheets. So I was learning that part of things. I was doing production reports. Um, I was starting to get into more of the nitty gritty, like of the production side of things and like Mm -hmm. how things are documented, how things, uh, roll from day to day, uh, what goes into making the call sheet, which I had always just gotten an email, um, payroll. Yeah. All all that kind of stuff. That stuff. Like I, I definitely lean to production. I'm good at production, but I don't like it. It's too much paperwork. I got in this industry to have fun, you know, and make believe. And there's just way too much paperwork in production, but it's very crucial. (laughs) But yeah, but it's also like, I also think at least on like, on the day production, it's nothing different than like event planning. Uh-huh. Like it really isn't. You find a place, you have to figure out where everyone is. There's lunch, there's bathrooms, there's a schedule. Like it's, it's not much different. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I was second ADing a second AD on a feature, which second AD, by the way, hold on. I want to mention to the listener. Oh, yeah. There's a first AD, which is, I mean, there's the director who's like the general, but the first AD is like really running shit. They're they run everything. And then the second AD is right below them. And they usually deal with more of the, the actors and the cast. They make sure that everyone's showing up on a set who needs to be and going through makeup and clothing. And so the first director doesn't have to worry about that. Right. Kind of thing. So there you go. Um, yeah. So, uh, second ADing on 
on uh, like features and which is what I was really trying to get into. You know, I'd only been working in, in commercials and music videos. I want to yeah. be working in it. I don't even want to be on big Hollywood temple movies. I want to be working in indie film with author directors yeah. that are going to keep writing and directing and make their own, their own shit. Like that is as high as I'm trying to get. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, whether it's, uh, you know, producing those films for some of those people or making writing and directing uh, my own. So that's like the level I was trying to get to. So once I right. was second ADing on uh, some features and things like that and doing these longer jobs instead of one or two days, that, you know, you do a, a commercial or music video, I was now on, you know, almost a month with the same crew, um, doing the same job. And I mean, that was like the next, you know, after that first day of getting on set being like, this is unbelievable. Like getting on a, on a movie where you're with the same yeah. multiple days and you start to get this flow and there's inside jokes and there's camaraderie. You know, yeah. 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 You get like this really cool, like it feels like sleepaway camp. Like you're in the zone with exactly. on set. Um, and yeah. then we, I was lucky enough to be in a, on a film called faith based, uh, which is uh, about to be on sale next month. Um, nice. that, like Jason Alexander was on and Dave Keckner. Um, and very jealous. Yeah. And, and I, I start like meeting people that like, you know, I'm like, you're an anchor man. Like, why am I, you know, standing <laughs> next to you? And, and you see like, um, the relationship between the director and, and real talent and like these actors that, that have been doing it for a while. And you get to watch like comedic actors, like try some lines and improv stuff. And, and it's just like a whole new level of like being on set and experiencing like a new rush of like this is so cool. It's, it's really hard not to fanboy out sometimes Absolutely. when I'm on set. Um, I, I, yeah, one of my favorites I have is, um, I was on like, like you said, uh, camp when you're on something long like that. And it's a lot of people you like working with. It feels like summer in camp. And that what's, um, uh, when I was on, um, what would Diplo do? That's what it felt like. Uh -huh. And I remember having, having a cigarette break with Bobby Lee yeah. and I grew up on Matt TV with that guy. And I was just, it was like so surreal. And then he, he's on his phone and he's like asking me and the other PA standing there like, Hey, should I do this movie with, uh, Oh damn it. I just had his name. Who was, um, Anakin Skywalker in the first three. Oh, Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Try to do this movie with Hayden Christensen, and we're like, no, man, he hasn't done any shit since Star Wars. He's like, yeah, I didn't think so. I'm gonna turn it down, and just little things like that. Like I have, and so it's yeah, David Koechner and uh, 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 Jason Alexander. That's a good one. That's, yeah, that's because yeah. yeah. like I like to work, but I like to do the check marks of being a fanboy. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, uh, so second ADing and then you get a little bit in producing. Uh, no, I, I was convinced no? by that. I, Not I wanted to be a first AD. Oh, so okay. That's when I started, I started ADing, uh, first ADing at Buzzfeed, um, right. which is a, a very miniature version. Of I, AD. I took over Daniel's job basically at Buzzfeed for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So we started doing yeah. that at Buzzfeed and then, uh, starting to AD like commercials. And I thought that's where I wanted to go. And, then I was able to start producing a couple things. Mm -hmm. um, a music video for Angels and Airwaves was the first gig that, nice. that I ever produced, which was I worked on that one. That was fun. Yeah, was that was that the uh, Rebel Girl yeah. one or different yeah. one? The oh, one re totally dude, recut. Tom DeLonge is one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah, so he was so pretty fun. He he wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah he that was, was uh, that was really cool. I mean, yeah, growing up with Blink One Eighty Two and then being able to yeah. produce a music video for. So that was, that was the first time I got a taste of producing. Um, and then after that, I got offered another job. Like I, I was very good at, at, oh, I've produced something now. So now I'm going to add that yeah. to my arsenal and pretend that I know what I'm doing. 
<laughs> and, and for some reason, people will hire you. Um, yeah. You know, just confidence, yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then we did, uh, which we also worked together on the Crypt TV uh, right. uh, short film, like this horror short film that I got to produce. That was fun. That was that. The, the, you taught, did that, Dream when Screechers? did that come yeah, out? Uh, I get to see that. Uh, I need ago. to see that. Yeah. It's, it's not amazing. It was, you know, it, it's, it's not bad though. Yeah. I, it, I, I really kind of dug the monster. Yeah. Um, it was really cool to see like in person, like that stuff. Um, and that was all overnight. That was, that was a, that was an experience. Yeah. I remember the story, but you told some stories about that. Yeah, too. That was cool. It was awesome. I tried to come on the podcast and mention like the jobs yeah, I've worked absolutely. on. Uh, oh, I didn't mention the one I was on Monday. I was out in the desert. That was a long one. I was I started at eight a.m. and then didn't like end till three a.m. Oh, and uh, it was for my friend Joel Blacker, who's a great guy, um, and a bunch of other people. Sam, Sam Shamson was on it. It was the first thing he, Sam's ever produced. It was the first thing Sam's oh, ever wow. produced, and I was like, oh wow. And I asked Sam. Sam wants to come on the podcast too, so we'll have him on soon. Cool. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, I almost got I almost got bit by a, a rattlesnake. <laughs> Dude, it was at night and I there, couldn't see it. And there's it, what's that? There's something I want to know. What's the craziest shit you guys have happened has happened to you on set? Rattlesnake's pretty good. Rattlesnake. You got me down, Daniel. You got one, Daniel. Oh, I have one with you, Daniel. That we were both involved. The Hilton shoot with the drunk guy. Did you oh, on that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? I think jo- Josh Green was on that one too. Um, we were doing this Hilton commercial with Tough Contender, and we were inside an actual Hilton. I, it was like Pasadena or something, and um, we had like the bar and part of like the lobby fenced off because we were filming in there. And I turn around and there's this like older guy like inside our group, and the he's hell? not supposed to be there. And I'm like, who is this guy? And he's talking to like the girls and being creepy. And I get in his face. I'm like, hey man, uh, I need you to leave. And he gets in my face, and he's he's super drunk and just is being really annoying. And then we get him. The security comes and like pulls him out. And so, like, all right, he's gone. And then, like, a half an hour later, he's back. And I get back in his face, and he's like, oh, this guy again. And, I, and he, like, wants to fight me. He's, like, getting his fist ready. And I'm like, all right, if he really wants to fight me, I'm going to, like, egg him on to get him out. And I'm like, all right, motherfucker. And I start calling him names. Like, old oh, man, little bitch, come on. And he's, like, following me, like, a little dog with a treat. And I get him outside in the front. And by that time, security came and, like, wrangled him up and... Turned out the guy wasn't even at the hotel. He like lived down the street and it was just there like drinking. But that was a good one. Yeah, that was I learned how to manage drunk people from that watching you handle that yeah. experience. I was like, that was perfectly done. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I have video somewhere. Of it. Took up and that was the end of that. I have, video, I, have, I have a video. I'm videoing and like, come on, dude. Come on, motherfucker. Let's go, dude. And he's just, just like, egg their asses on. Yeah. And then once they, once you get them to a certain point, it's and like, I, okay. and I have learned like, if someone does come in your set, like, I've, I've early on, there was one, I, we're filming in, in, in uh, like a mall and someone tried to get in and fuck with our set. And I got pissed. I just saw red and I got in his face and I went to go like not push him and like fight him. But just I was out. like yeah. kind of grab him. And, and uh, Seth, uh, Seth Farley, he worked with him. Yeah. First AD. Yeah, the player, he, yeah. he, that was the first job I worked with him. And he like got it to me. He's like, no, no, no. Do not touch him. Get away. Get away. We have security for this reason. And I was just like, OK, that's something I got to learn. Like. Right. You know, there are some people, hopefully, that can help you on set. And yeah, like the the Hilton, like I knew security and stuff was going to help us. So, um, you got any other ones? Any other crazy? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I know I have some, but um, it's like I have the yeah, crazy the teaching stories, but not a set story. <laughs> um, 
I'll have to think about it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, Dreams creatures, a couple here and there. Um, and and I know you want to you're you're writing stuff. You have you've written a few things, right? And you want to direct at some point. Yeah, I mean, I only have interest in directing my own stuff. I don't want to like I have no interest in like you know directing either other people's features or starting to direct right. in music videos and commercials. Like I just want to like see through the vision of what I write. You know, that's, yeah. that's the only reason I really want to direct. So what's the first thing you really want to do? You want to get some shorts? Do you want to like do a music video of like your own idea? Uh, like that? No, I probably, I have a short written um, that I, I pro- probably will be the first thing I try to actually produce, but I, I've written a couple features in quarantine that I'm trying to, I'm trying to stack a bunch of stuff, um, a TV spec uh, for like a one hour drama. I have these two features written and a short. And I'll probably try and produce the short and try and um, use the others to either get writing jobs or sell or get an agent or a manager or all of, I mean, I haven't been doing anything really all of 2020. So yeah, making me feel bad. I should have been writing more during quarantine. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I had this awesome year from the beginning of 2019, you know, it was like, Mm. you know, went away for the holidays and I was ready to come back and I second AD on another feature and I first AD on a short film and I was like 2020, like this is going to be the year. Like, and then I got off that job and I'm like, what's next? And then it was like, you can't leave your house. I was like, so, I mean, I've technically been working in film and for at the end of this year will be two years, but it's really a year and two months. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's tough. uh, Things are starting to pick up a little bit. Yeah. And luckily, you know, the Raj who we work at Buzzfeed with, had written this yeah. film and that's now what, uh, now we're producing this feature. So it's the first feature I've produced. Um, but, uh, you know, I, at this point, as far as like what I want to do or what I'm moving toward, um, I love producing all kinds of stuff. I want to definitely keep doing whether it's short, short form stuff or features. I'm super down to keep first ADing. Um, I've even done some location work cause I have my, my real estate background. So I've been working with some location. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fine finding Smart. houses that they can rent out and stuff, which, which pays pretty well. Um, and mm-hmm. if it's a big movie or a big, uh, you know, show, like I'm still PAing, I'm still, you know, trying to get on set. I'm still doing favors for people that want to make, make films, you know? So yep. I, any it. and all of it, I'm, I'm down to keep, keep going, keep making stuff and see what happens. Any PAs out there listening, let's take notes of everything that Daniel just said, because this is playbook right here. <laughs> if you did, especially if, if you didn't go to film school, but, even if you did like, this is still stuff you need to know. Yeah. Like it's not set up for you. Even if you go to film school. Um, now I, I ask this to a few, uh, most of the people that I, that I work with this question. Now you didn't, you went to audio school, but didn't go to film school. Do you think people starting out should go to film school or do you think they should just go right into it? What would, what would your recommendation be? I think it 100% depends on the person. I'd say if you did, re- answer. if you did really well in school, and you like that kind of structure and you like learning that way, I'd say go to college, go to a place where they hand you textbooks and they tell you everything and it's organized and you'll learn everything you need to and you'll work your ass off. You'll get good grades. You'll get out of there and you'll go get a good job. If you were like me and (laughs) you didn't want to be in school, you would rather go be figuring things out on yourself and making music and kind of you like learning things your own way. You find your own path. Um, I think especially this day and age with the internet, um, you can learn a lot and you can get on set and get practical experience. If you're the kind of person that just like needs to be hands-on and needs to like go through the process to figure things out, which is how I am, 
which is why like I, I don't know that someone could have taught me to produce like I need to go and try to produce and go oh I need to learn how to do this oh I definitely don't know how to do this that's just I would learn way better that way than if I went to producing school for two years so I, I think you have to know yourself and you have to know if you want some structure and you want things to be laid out or if you'd rather go and maybe it's a little faster to be scrappy and go get on set and and whatever um but I, I, I know great people in a lot of positions that have done both and they're both amazing at what they do. And uh, I think it's really just up to you. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to school. I went to a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with figuring it out and, and being, you know, I'm also very specific in like what I want to do. So there's a lot of like, I just need to learn these things and there's just other stuff, but like, it doesn't really, you know, if I went to school, I'd have to learn all this stuff, but I really just want to learn this stuff focused um, stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, yeah. I, you know, I could have gone to Parsons and I could have gone for a degree and learned everything. And instead I was like, I'm just going to take the classes, teach me how to physically make clothes and skip all the other like figure drawing and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. and I learned how to make clothes and I moved forward and started a company and that's how I learned on the job. Kind of. There you go. I love it. That's a great answer, bud. Yeah. I like it. Um, cool. I'm trying to think, uh, is there anything else you want to ask Corey? Um, well, uh, we, we also, oh, we have this movie like we're working on, yeah. um, give us, give us the, uh, the name and the, and the Instagram real quick. We'll give it a quick plug. Uh, yeah, it's called six feet. The Instagram is six feet film. Um, we just had a marketing meeting today, so we're figuring all that stuff out. We'll be building up the website is almost done our social media and everything. And we're trying to do a lot of behind the scenes. We have two name actors on it. Uh, I can't give out exactly who it is, but. I'll, I'll tell Corey after the uh, air. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, we have an actor from Breaking Bad. We have an actor from Silicon Valley. Oh, so, um, yeah, it's, nice. it's, it's a really fun project. It's really cool, and it's got a cool little twist to it. Um, it's a great, fun indie film that I think everyone will dig. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Follow it. We'll do some interviews. We'll do some behind-the-scenes stuff and try to make it fun. You get to watch the process of an indie film get made through social media. And nice. um, as of right now, I'm on it. There's some things maybe in, in the air, yeah. but, um, I mean, and if and I am on it, I'm going to come in every week and kind of give everyone down the low, low down of it. And then when we're done, we'll have to have you back on and, uh, yeah, yeah that'd be uh, awesome. absolutely. Um, you know, we're trying to build this thing out and get it going and yeah. it, it's awesome to hear the, fi- like the film side of things. Cause I'm so used to yeah, I'm trying to teach Corey here too. Yeah, right? I'm I like a this teacher. Is a, this so, is a very cool know. industry yeah. to like kind of, like you said, pull the curtain back and kind of show. Yeah. It's pretty incredible what humans can do, you know, yep. with like film and make For make sure. believe. It's it even blows me away. Um, and I know that you're, yeah, you're such a fanboy when it comes to movies, and I'd love to have you back on review something yeah. and everything. Um, here, let's get some music going out. Um, Corey, hit us with some awesome. plugs. What do we got? Um, so thank you again for listening to Social Scrutiny. Uh, you guys can kind of check us out at uh, scrutiny.com. We have a website. We have merch. So if you buy some merch, we'll send you more than what we you anticipate. I'm bringing you a uh, coffee cup, Daniel, for being honest. <laughs> yeah. And we'll have and a I'll, I'll, I'll give you a button and some stickers, too. Stickers, yeah. uh, mug, coffee cup. Yeah, anyone that wants to come on, you get you get free shit if you come on. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the website? Yeah. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You guys can follow us. Make sure you guys rate us. Um, it really helps. Um, and we, we're on all the... We're on the main platform, scru- uh, Scrutiny. I was going to say Scrutiny. Spotify and... Uh, Apple Music, so you guys can check us out. You on got there. some more Instagrams you want to put out? You want to put out your uh, personal one, Daniel? Yeah, my personal is Daniel Los Angeles. 
Um, my production company is Prowler Films. It's just at Prowler I love Films. That. I love that name, by the way. I love Thank awesome. you. And then, uh, yeah, the, the, the uh, movie is at Six Feet Film. And uh, those are all the good ones. Love it. Um, if you go to sososcrooney.com slash Ram Art and Media, you can see my video stuff that I have up there, some photos and some videos if anybody wants to hire me. Um, cool. Hey, Corey, I didn't ask you at the beginning of the show. Pop quiz. You know who this is? Same band in the beginning. Daniel, do you know? Can you hear it? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh yeah. East Coast band. Uh, oh my god, this is really gonna bug me now. I love it. All right, how about this one? Hold on. Okay. Not every time I die. Yeah, he knows yeah. it. Oh, I don't know. Boys not out. Oh, boys not out. Love boys not out. I, I, I never. I see. I they were on my radar, but I never like committed like fully fully listen. oh they're great yeah all right thanks again daniel for being on absolutely thank you guys it was great thank you go ahead Corey. all right so this has been so so scrutiny podcast i'm Corey. this is robert and, and daniel daniel <laughs> right. have a good one see you guys <laughs>